frustrations are not final. Mistakes are not fatal. And delays are not denials. Anyone can count the seeds in an apple. But only God can count the apples in a seed. My prayer for this ministry, Father, help us to care about people nobody else cares about. Help us to hear the cries of those nobody else is hearing. Who could say it was a bad day until all the days were added up? Kenny Foreman presents Abundant Living. From the beautiful sanctuary of the Cathedral of Faith in San Jose, California, the gospel of Jesus Christ is being preached to the San Francisco Bay Area and all across America. Pastor Foreman's messages of faith and God's love are touching thousands of people's lives every week. And now would you welcome the pastor of the Cathedral of Faith and host of Abundant Living, Kenny Foreman. This is a day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. For great is our God, and greatly is He to be praised. Well, in a few moments, I want to share with you my very special anniversary, 20th anniversary message. Today, we celebrate 20 years of being on Channel 11 here in the San Francisco Bay Area. In fact, we've been televising that long, producing television programs. And of course, to many of our friends across this nation, I want to express my deepest appreciation for allowing me to come into your home and allow me the privilege of sharing with you the message of Jesus Christ. All right. Good morning, church. Welcome. It's so great to have you here with us this weekend at Cathedral of Faith. We are celebrating 54 years of God's faithfulness in this anniversary month. And what you just saw was a clip from one of the television programs that Pastor Kenny put on for decades called Abundant Living. That was his heart for us as a people at Cathedral. That's how he lived his life. That's who he was. And that's what I'm believing God wants us as we celebrate these 54 years, that we would have abundant living. Amen? How many want to have an abundant life? Okay, the rest of you can just go on home because that's what I'm talking about today. No, it's great to have you with us, especially those watching online as well. We believe God has a special word for you today. In fact, I'm going to invite you to stand with me for just a moment. We're going to begin by declaring the word of the Lord, because we believe that God has abundant living for each one of us. And one of the disciples, John, was especially close to Jesus. He was closer than anyone else. He was the one who walked with him, cared with him, and gave us portraits of Jesus that are far different and far more intimate. And so we're going to look at the Gospel of John because in it, it talks about one of the key words, which is life. Jesus came to bring life, to bring abundant life. So what we're going to do is I'm going to start out by reading, and there's a portion for you to read at the bottom of the screen in white. Let's read the word of the Lord together. Here we go. Reading from the Gospel of John, Jesus, no, you read the white part, hold on. <laughs> Jesus performed many signs and wonders in the presence of his disciples, and these were all written down so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Jesus said, Excellent. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. The one who comes to me will never go hungry. And the one who believes in me will never be thirsty. 
Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. I have come so that you might have better life than you ever dreamed of, living life to the fullest. Let's read that last line together. I have come so you can have an overflowing and abundant life. Lord, I pray that that would be the legacy for every one of us in this room, everyone who's listening online, everyone who's around this campus hearing this right now. Your promise, your plan for us is abundant living. And I pray that through the time that we're together with you in this moment, we would hear the word of the Lord, something would change inside of us, that those walking in in frustration and discouragement and despair, those walking in feeling apathy and unconcerned, we would all walk out of here with a greater sense of what it is to have an abundant life, to live the abundant life for your glory, the abundant life that you've promised to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Let's give God thanks and praise for his faithfulness. Well, as you're being seated... Turn to somebody next to you and say, abundant living is for you. Again, Pastor Kinney's dream and vision, the thing that guided every broadcast he had and his desire for us as a church was abundant living. And this weekend, I want us to understand more fully what that really means. Now, if we go all the way back, way, way back to the Old Testament, and we go back to a moment when the first illustrated sermon happened, you might ask, why is it you guys always have props and have things out here that we have to look at? And it's because that's the way God's always done it. When Jesus was teaching, he'd walk through and he'd pull out object lessons and he'd teach. And that's exactly how it happened early on. And one of the early illustrated sermons was that God said to Moses, when the children of Israel finally come in the promised land, when they come into their promised life, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do an illustrated sermon. I want you to take them into this valley between two mountains. On their left side will be Mount Ebal. So to look at Mount Ebal for the first part of the sermon, and then look at Mount Gerizim for the next part of the sermon. And here's why. Mount Ebal was barren. Nothing grew on it. No plants, no vegetation, no trees, zip. Barren, brown. On the other side, Mount Gerizim was this luscious green mountain with trees and grass and shrubbery. It was beautiful. And so whenever they looked at the barren mountain, Ebal, here's what happened. He read to them the curses that would come upon them if they didn't follow God and obey him. Because he wanted to have clearly in their eyes, this is what it looks like to not obey me. You'll have a barren life. There'll be curses. Things won't work well. But when they looked at Gerizim, He wanted them to see blessing and lushness and greenery because he says, if you follow me and obey me, this is what your life will look like. And when he challenged them that day, as they entered into their promises, here's what he said to them that's recorded in Deuteronomy chapter 30. It says, today I have given you, children of Israel, the choice between life, abundant life, and death. You have a choice between blessings and curses. And now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. 
That's what he said to them. And that's what I want to present to you today. What is your choice? Do you choose abundant life? In fact, I want to give you a similar kind of visual. You'll see on the screens behind me, on your left is the land of abundant living. It's green. It's lush. It's the life God intends for you. And on your right is the land of unfulfilled living. Now, am I right? No, I'm wrong. Left is unfulfilled. Right is abundant. It's hard to think backwards when you're facing everybody. So you have a choice today. Do you want unfulfilled living or do you want abundant living? And I'm going to present to you the same kind of options that they had. Here's what abundant living is all about. Here's what unfulfilled living is about. Unfulfilled living is scarcity. I never have enough. I'm always a day late and a dollar short. But abundant living means I have everything that I need. It's there. It's available to me. Unfulfilled living is this emptiness. It's like I'm drained. I don't have what it takes. Whereas abundant living is that overflowing life where there's more than enough. You can see in the unfulfilled living, it's about surviving. If I just get through this day, if I just get through this class, if I just get through this project, if I just get through to the 18. Well, anyway. So surviving. Whereas on the other side is a thriving mentality that I have more than enough that I'm alive in feeling the power and strength that God has for me each day. The land of unfulfilling is I never have enough. I'm always short. It's just, why can't I have what it takes? Where on the abundant living, there's prosperity, there's provision. And then finally, unfulfilled living, it's like you're living under a curse. It's like nothing seems to work. Why doesn't it work out? Whereas the land of abundance is one of blessings. How many want the land of abundant living? All right, good stuff. So let me walk us toward that this weekend. First of all, God is the God of abundance. God is the God of abundance. Whatever you think about God, he's more. However loving you think he is, he's a million times more loving than you even know. Whatever you can begin to imagine. In fact, in Exodus 34, when God revealed himself to Moses, here's what it says. It says, then the Lord passed by in front of Moses and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious. He is slow to anger and what? Abounding, overflowing, full of loving kindness and truth. He is abounding with loving kindness. He's abounding with truth. He's overflowing with all those things. In fact, Paul captures this in Ephesians chapter 3 when he makes this powerful statement. It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, thank you, Kurt, than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. Whatever you think he can do, he can do more. However great he is, he's greater. That's who he is. He's a God of superabundance. He has more, knows more, does more, loves more, cares more, is more gracious, more filled with all those things than you can imagine. And therefore, our next step on this journey to abundant living is that God wants us to live in overflow. Let's say that together. God wants us to live in overflow. In fact, turn to somebody next to you and say that. God wants us to live in overflow. Not only is it who God is, but he created us in his image. He made us like him, and he wants us to live in that abundant life. One of the most powerful psalms that describes what God is like, one that many of us memorized at some point, is Psalm 23, where it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack anything. I shall not be in want. I'll have abundance. He goes on to say, He leads me beside still waters. Even if I walk through the valley of shadow of death, you're with me. And then in verse 5, it says, when I come before my enemies, it says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup, what? Overflows. It's abundant. My life, my cup overflows. So God's intention is this. When we come before our God, who's an amazing shepherd, we'll have an overflowing, abundant life. In fact, Paul makes it really clear when he's underlining this in 2 Corinthians 9, and he says this. 
God is able to bless you, bless you, bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. That's your inheritance. That's what he has for us. That's what he wants to work in us. His word is clear. He is an abundant, super abundant God who wants us to live an abundant, super abundant life. Now here's where we go a little different. Because I've had people share that with me in the past and then it took off in this crazy direction. Abundance isn't necessarily about being wealthy. It's not about big bank accounts and the best car and huge houses. God's not against those. He loves to give those out too. But that's not the measure of abundance. There's something different that is abounding, that's overflowing us. And I want to talk to us about that. First is we're to overflow with hope. Let's say that together. Overflow with hope. God wants us to overflow with hope so that we are filled with hope. In fact, the prayer of Paul for the people of Rome and the, the Holy Spirit for us says this. May the God of hope fill you, fill you with all joy and with peace as you trust in him so that you may, so that you may what? Overflow, Overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God's intention is for you to overflow with hope. To be so full of hope. Why? Because Jesus is hope. That's who he is. That description comes to us in Hebrews chapter 6 when it says this. We have hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the sanctuary where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. Jesus is hope. That's who he is, that's what he does, that's what he brings. He is our hope and our salvation, and he wants to fill us with hope. Now, does that mean everything in our life goes perfectly smoothly? No. We're going to have tough things. Things are going to happen beyond our control. Sometimes they happen as a result of our not being so smart. Stuff happens. Hope doesn't mean everything's going to go smoothly the rest of your life. Welcome to Jesus. Abundant living is everything's going to be perfect now. Maybe that happens at the end of Disney movies. But that's eternity. That's not life on this earth. We're to overflow with hope even though things aren't finished yet. In fact, here's a great statement about hope. Hope is being able to see the possibility in spite of the impossibility. Hope is able to see something that God could do even though it seems impossible, even though it's difficult. Well, let's get to the illustrated part. This bowl's full of something. In fact, all of us are full of something. And here's part of the issue. You don't know what you're full of until you get bumped. You can be all happy and smiley and all together, everything perfectly coordinated in your life, and then you get bumped and something spills out on the people around you. That's how you know what you're full of when you get bumped. Not when everything's going perfectly well. That's how you can tell if you have abundant life. It's when you're going along and unexpectedly, boom, you get bumped. And if you're full of anger, even though you're smiling, happy, everything's, oh, he's so together. You get bumped, anger comes out. Why does anger come out? Because you're full of anger. If you're full of hope, when you get bumped, hope comes out. If you're full of unforgiveness, how dare they do that to me? That's what comes out when you get bumped. 
So to overflow with hope is to say, God, help me to see everything from your perspective so that even though this is not going the way I intended, even though it's a little more frustrating than I had in mind, Lord, I believe you are the God of hope and with you, anything is possible. Let me take you to a scene in the Bible in the upper room. The disciples were really defeated and discouraged and frustrated. Jesus was dead. Their whole life centered around him for three years. And now he's gone. They went in the upper room. They locked the door. They were fearful. They were doubtful. They were discouraged. They were frustrated. They were crushed. But you know what? When they came out of that room... They were hopeful, they were filled with faith, they were filled with joy, they were filled with strength. What was the difference? Jesus showed up in that room. And it's the same thing for each one of us. There may be something you've centered your life around. There may be something you found your identity in. It may be a relationship or a job or the circumstances of your life or family. And then all of a sudden it's ripped away and you feel like the disciples did. Discouraged, defeated, frustrated angry but here's what happens when the presence of Jesus shows up we get filled with something else and so wherever we find ourselves Jesus says I am your hope I want to help you see this the way I see it let's talk about the next thing overflow with love say that with me overflow with love God only wants us to overflow with hope but also to overflow with love Again, the prayer of Paul to the Thessalonians so beautifully reflects this when he says, dear friends, oh, no, he says, may the Lord make your love, what? Increase and what? Overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. God says, I want love to overflow. Why? Once again, Jesus equal hope, hope equal Jesus. Jesus equal love and love equal Jesus. And in 1 John chapter 4, here's a beautiful statement when it says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. And anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. And anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. You know, all of us as human beings are created with this capacity and desire for love and affirmation. It's sung about, it's written about. You can't find a story without love in it. You can rarely find a song without love in it. In fact, I did a Google search this week, just typed in love, 16.4 billion hits. People want to be loved. There's over 780 verses in the Bible about love, and 10% of them are in the Gospel of John that we just read. God is love. He wants us to know and experience that love. But here's the problem. Some of us are filled with unconditional love. Some of us are filled with conditional love. Conditional love means, "Eh, I'll love you as long as you do what I want. I'll love you as long as you agree with me. I'll love you as long as you don't confront me. I'll love you as long as you don't hurt my feelings. I'll love you if. But here's the truth. Love is not if you do this. Love is not because you do that. Love is, I love you anyway. I love you even though. I love you in spite of. That's what unconditional love is. That's what he wants to fill us with, is the kind of love that isn't just because you earn it or deserve it. I am so grateful that God doesn't love me because I deserved it. I didn't. You didn't. None of us did. And the people around you deserve more than just conditional love. I love you as long as you do what I like. I love you as long as... It's in spite of, instead of, because of that unconditional love of God. That's why we're a place where the love is lived out, so that we can overflow with love. Let's go to the next one. Overflow with favor. Say that with me. Overflow with favor. God wants you to be filled with flavor. Flavor. Favor. (laughs) Maybe flavor, too. I'm hungrier than I thought. Okay. (laughs) Let's hear it for the coffee shop. Okay, Philippians chapter 4, Paul says this. He writes, may every one of you 
overflow with the grace and favor of our Lord Jesus Christ. God says, I want you to overflow with hope. I want you to overflow with love. I want you to overflow with favor. One of the first statements we read about Jesus when he was a young man is in Luke 2.52 when it says, Jesus grew in wisdom, Jesus grew in stature, Jesus grew in favor with God, Jesus grew in favor with man. Growing in favor. In fact, the very first scripture we ever have Jesus reading in public comes from Isaiah when he says, The Spirit of the Lord's on me, and he gives all these things to bind other brokenhearted to heal and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Oh, we got a few scholars. Good. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's what he came to do is to say, Look, God's not mad at you. He wants to show you his favor. He has favor that he wants to overflow. And here's what favor is. Favor is the difference between your best and God's best. There's things I can't do on my own. And that's where the favor of God opens a door, gives an insight, prompts me, reveals something, brings that opportunity. God is a God of favor. He wants to show you his favor. That's his desire. And he has favor for every season of your life. Favor for finishing school. Favor for taking a test. Favor for finding a job. Favor for promotion on that job. Favor for single life. Favor for married life. Favor for toddlers. Favor for teenagers. Favor for every stage of your life. God says, I want to show you my favor. I want you to overflow with favor. And here's the beautiful truth. God will provide the favor to meet the challenges we face. Let's say that together. God will provide the favor to meet the challenges that we face. Now the opposite of favor, some are filled with something called Murphy's Law. Oh, if anything can go wrong, it'll go wrong. The minute you get bumped, it's like, see, I told you nothing ever works for me. See, my family, see, my life. See, I don't know. I can't do that. Favor is a different understanding. It's this. If anything can go right, it will go right. That's the favor of God. God, you're working on my behalf. If there's anything we can be praying for, Lord, show me your favor. Work your favor in my life. Help me to know and experience your favor in a supernatural way. God, make us a target of your favor. So that we are overflowing, living the abundant life with the favor of God upon us. Next is to overflow with joy. Let's say that together. Overflow with joy. This is God's intention for the abundant life. I love Psalm 16, which so clearly says, You always show me the path of life. You fill me with... You fill me with what? overflowing joy when I'm with you. You make me joyful at your right hand. Overflowing joy. Why? Again, Jesus equal joy, joy equal Jesus. The very first message about Jesus was, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Unto you is born this day a Savior, who's Christ the Lord. That's his powerful statement. He came in with joy. And one of his last statements to the disciples in John chapter 15 is this. He says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete or abundant or overflowing. That's what that word means. God says, I want you to have overflowing joy. I want you to be filled with the joy of the Lord. It's the joy of the Lord that's our strength. If you're feeling weak, it's because the joy of the Lord is not overflowing in you. We need that joy. The joy we feel has little to do with the circumstances of our lives and everything to do with the focus of our lives. Again, abundant living isn't everything works for me. It just falls into place. I'm God's spoiled child. 
I'm his prince or princess, his little, no. The abundant life isn't necessarily everything working out perfectly, but it's knowing how to have joy in the midst of whatever I face. We're not always responsible for the circumstance that we're in, but we are responsible for the way we allow them to affect us. They can get on top of us or they can transform us into what Christ wants us to be. I can have joy no matter how difficult because I know God is working everything together to make me more like him in this process. That's why I can have joy. When I get bumped, what comes out? I'm going to start a verse. I want you to finish it for me. It's a great cathedral verse. We say it often. I just heard Pastor Kenny say it on the video. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will what? I will rejoice. I will be filled with joy. I'll be overflowing with joy and be glad in it. Notice what it didn't say. It didn't say, yesterday was the day God has made. I was so joyful then. It doesn't say, tomorrow is the day that God will make, and I hope I have joy tomorrow. No, this day, with all of its frustrations, with all of its bumpings, with all of its stuff, this is the day the Lord has made. I will will rejoice and be glad in it. We have that choice every day. To receive the superabundance of God's joy in our lives. One time, I went to lunch with a friend several years ago. He was a pastor at a local church. We got together. We hadn't seen each other for a couple months. We laughed. We prayed. We talked. We cried. We shared. We caught up. We encouraged each other. It was the most amazing, encouraging, powerful lunch for an hour and a half. It was a lot of fun. And I love being with my buddy. He brought out the best in me. I like to think I brought out the best in him. We had a great time together. And at the end of lunch, I was getting up and we're heading to the car. And he said, hey, would you mind dropping me off? And he told me where he wanted me to drop him off. I'm like, hey, what's up? And he said, I totaled my car this morning. And I'm like, what? We just spent an hour and a half together laughing and talking and praying and celebrating. And you never once mentioned that you totaled your car this morning? He said, Wayne, on the way here, I made a decision. I can be discouraged, depressed, angry, frustrated, and have a wrecked car. Or I can enjoy lunch, laugh and talk and dream and enjoy being with you and have a wrecked car. Either way, I still have a wrecked car. (laughs) That's what spills out when you get bumped. It's perspective on what's happening. Abundant living isn't a life with no wrecked cars. It isn't, again, happily ever after. An abundant life is knowing how to be so full of hope and joy and love and favor that when something does happen, I have God's perspective on that. So, close out, we want to talk about this. How do you position yourself for overflow? How do you position yourself ourselves for overflow so that we can have that overflow from God and we can overflow with the right things when we get bumped. You are the same choice that the children of Israel had. I want to read it to you again from Deuteronomy chapter 30. Here's what it says. Today, Cathedral of Faith, I have given you the choice between abundant life and death. I give you the choice between blessings and curses. And now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants may live. You have that power. Today, you hold your future in your hand by making a choice. And here's how it happens. First of all, we have overflow through connecting with Christ. Let's say that together. Overflow through connecting with Christ. One of the ways we have overflow is abiding in him, connecting with Christ. In fact, Jesus said so beautifully to the disciples as well as us in John chapter 7. He said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. 
And the one who believes in me, as the scripture said, from their innermost being shall be an, an overflowing of rivers of living water. I don't know about you, but I'd love to have those rivers of living water flowing out of me when I get bumped. And here's what he says the secret is. The secret is you're connected to Christ. That's why we come here every weekend. I, I don't know, some of you might not realize we're here every weekend. <laughs> I know some of you think we're here once a month, but we're not, we're here every week. And that's why every day I want to open this. I want to hear what God has to say. I want to be connected to Christ. Because if I want to have that overflow of love and joy and favor, I want to have that overflow of his hope, I've got to connect every day. Now let's say you went to the doctor and the doctor says, well, you know, it's about time you start taking daily vitamins. You know, your body's not supplying everything it needs through your diet. Why don't you take a daily vitamin? And you say, that's great, doctor. I think I'll take one once a month. <laughs> Instead of 365 days a year, I'll just take 12 vitamins a year. Not sure it's going to do a lot of good. You think, why isn't my life overflowing? I'm feeling scarcity. I'm feeling like I don't have enough. I'm feeling pretty empty. Well, connect with Christ. That's why we gather here every weekend. Man, we come in here. I, I have had plenty of times I've come and sit down, like there's a lot going on. Like, do I have enough time? Is there a scarcity of time for me this week? I have a lot to get done. There's so many things. But I start to connect with Christ through worship, start to worship him, sing about his overflowing love, sing about his grace, sing about his... And all of a sudden, I start to connect with them, just like the disciples who were discouraged, overwhelmed, doubtful, frustrated in the upper room. Once they met with Jesus, woo! That's why we come here, to get filled up, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to experience the fullness of Christ. We do that here. We do that every time we open the word, every time we pray. We do that when we go to lunch with friends who are believers and build each other up connecting with Christ. The second way is we have overflow through growing in Christ. Say that with me. Overflow through growing in Christ. You're like, wait, Wayne, what's that mean? Well, Philippians 1, Paul explains, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. The way you continue to overflow is by growing in Christ. He wants us to be mature. When we come to Christ and receive him, we are called babes in Christ. We're newly born into the kingdom of God. Some of us are still in diapers. Some of us are still drinking milk. Some of us are still needing everybody else to change our diapers. As we mature in Christ, we become more like him. So that when we get bumped, Christ spills out. Some of us, in dirty diapers, when we get bumped, anyway, you get the drift. We grow in Christ, and the more we grow in Christ, the more mature we become in Christ, which means we look more like him. We are filled with the fruit of joy and love and peace. We're filled with who he is. We become more like him, not only in our character, but in our usefulness, which leads to the third point, which is overflow through serving like Christ. Let's say that together. Overflow through serving like Christ. You want to be in the overflow. You connect with Christ. You grow in Christ, and we serve like Christ. Matthew 6 are the words of Jesus in his first sermon when he says this, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Here's what happens when I give of my time, my resources, my heart, my finances, my gifts, my time. When I give, God says, as you give, that gives me space to pour overflowing into you. So I begin to be more like Christ by having his character, but finding useful ways to serve others. 
That's how we overflow. You want to get in the spout where the glory comes out? You want to be filled with overflowing? You connect with Christ. You grow in Christ. You serve like Christ. You open the word. You gather with the saints. You find ways to make a difference and be a blessing. So, you're going to get bumped. And we'll know what you're full of. Things will go wrong. Things won't happen the way you planned. You'll be on your way somewhere and you didn't need that distraction. So what happens when you get bumped? Ooh, I must be full of love. Because kisses came out. All right. Some of you just needed to come to church and get a kiss, right? Here's what I want to do, though. I want to proclaim the favor of the Lord on you. And I just want you to put your hands out to receive it. God's overflowing favor is producing supernatural increase and promotion in your life. God's overflowing favor is restoring everything the enemy has stolen from you. God's overflowing favor is giving you honor in the midst of your adversaries. God's overflowing favor is producing great victories in the midst of great impossibilities. God's overflowing favor is producing recognition even when you seem the least likely to receive it. God's overflowing power is winning battles that you won't have to fight because God will fight them for you. And God's overflowing favor is causing overflow and abundant life in you. Let's give God thanks and praise for his faithfulness. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me for just a moment. As I shared, in order to receive God's overflow, we've got to be connected to him. And there may be some today who say, Pastor Wayne, I'm living that unfulfilled, barren life. I feel like it's a life of scarcity, a life of emptiness. Sometimes it even feels like I'm under a curse. And I want to make that decision to step across the line to follow Jesus. I just don't want to know about him. I want him in my life. I want him the center of my life. I want to follow him. And if that's your decision today, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands so I can agree with you in prayer. Yes, 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 yes. I'm going to ask everyone to pray after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you died on the cross for all my sins, all my mistakes all my shortcomings, and all my failures. I bring them to you. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you are my source, my source of hope, my source of joy, my source of favor, and my source of love. I want to follow you. I choose you. In Jesus' name, Amen and amen. Let's give God thanks and praise for his faithfulness. I want to give you an opportunity today to take a step to overflowing life. One of the highlights of Cathedral of Faith every year is the opportunity we have in December to bless thousands and thousands of people in our community with a meal. In fact, we have this amazing basket full of great food, quality food, good food, that we have a goal to give to 4,000 families this year. Amen. Can you give, join with me in giving thanks for that? Thanks, Anakin. Isn't this amazing? Altogether, over $300 worth of food is in this cart. And as I said, we're believing God to bless 4,000 families this year. 
And here's the amazing thing. Even though there's $300 worth of groceries in a cart like this, it only costs us about $30 a cart. Because of all of our great partners and all the great blessing and favor of the Lord we've had for so many years. So for $30, you can feed a family in the holidays. This might be one of your first steps in serving. Say, oh, it's a little tight. I don't know how I can do this. Honestly, I could use a cart of food. But God might be saying, I'd like you to bless a family for 30 bucks. In just a moment, the ushers are going to come, and we have these envelopes for reaching out. And I'm going to encourage you to prayerfully take one in faith and believe that God could provide through you. Again, for $30, you can feed one family. For $300, you can feed 10 families. Some of you could feed 100 families for 3000 In fact, we're believing for $124,000 this year to be able to feed those 4,000 families. And if you would be interested in saying, Pastor Wayne, I want to have the faith to help somebody, we want to give you an envelope. So I invite you to stand. If you are interested in taking an envelope to bless somebody, just go ahead and stand and stay standing. The ushers are going to come down the aisle and they're going to hand you an envelope. Feel free to be seated once you get one. But I'd like you to take an envelope and prayerfully consider what does it look like for me to make a difference, to bless a family, to serve someone, to make a difference. Again, it may seem weird, but by doing this, by just making this choice to take an envelope, it may be the very thing God says, good, you're in position, I can overflow you now. I can bless you. I already had a testimony of someone who said, I took an envelope and a miracle happened for me financially as soon as I took it last night. And we're just believing that God wants to provide through you. Yeah, God could rain down money from heaven. He could pour down apples and oranges and turkeys from heaven. But he chooses you and me to be the ones to bless others. And what a great blessing we have to be able to be part of what he's doing. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your willingness to have the faith to provide Thank you for being part of this great moment in our life as a church family. Again, believing to bless 4,000 families. Can we give God thanks and praise? If you're still waiting for an envelope, stay standing. The ushers will get to you. But as we're closing out this service, we have an amazing treat. There is a song that's been part of our legacy here at Cathedral of Faith for these 54 years. It's an amazing song of encouragement and strength. It helps us have perspective when we get bumped, because you will get bumped. And when you get bumped, this is a great truth to hold on to, that through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, I can depend upon his word. So when you get bumped, this is a truth that will strengthen you. Let's welcome our dear sister Lily as she comes to minister that song to us. I always love singing the song with Pastor Foreman. I miss him. This song is for you. Oh. This Bible is the covenant of God. You can't change it. <laughs> you can't improve upon it. He's going to take you through it all. Mm -hmm. I've had many tears and sorrow. I've had questions for tomorrow. Like you, there have been times I didn't know right from wrong. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But in every situation, God gave us blessed consolation. He said to me, Lily, these trials come to make you strong. God has been good to me. I've been to 57 countries. I've been to lots of places. And I've seen a lot of faces. Oh, but there have been times like you when I felt so all alone. <laughs> but in those lonely hours, those precious lonely hours, we can hear Jesus say, come to me, you are my very own. Every
Let's say thank you to Sister Lily for her ministry to us. <laughs> 